Welcome to episode 105 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. I'm your co-host, Danielle. I'm your co-host, Danielle. I mean, Dan. <laughs> line. <laughs> <laughs> line. What's my line again? <laughs> Dan, what are we talking about today? We are in the field today, which you know is my home court. And we have a super, very special guest who, if you just need to have a little permission to focus on what means most to you, to come up with this mission statement, this wedding mantra, what she calls. This is the episode that really sets the tone, I think, for the entire wedding. In this kind of sense, we're talking about the mission statement, the mantra that like the foundation of everything is based on. And we've talked about it a little bit here and there, but yeah, this is a feels episode. And I think a lot of people are really going to need this one because weddings are stressful. Yipper. So today's episode features our amazing guest, Carrie Ann Cloda of Kith and Kin, who gives us a really good reason to pause and reset if we need it. And I love that. I love everything about this episode. So before we dive in, just a reminder to all of you amazing people out there, we have our Ringer Club, which is how the show continues to put out episodes. And we can't do this without your help and without your support. So if you haven't yet, please consider joining us in the Ringer Club. Join by going to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. You get access to Dan and I, you can ask your questions and it's a really, really great community of people to come and join. Yeah. And if you think about it as you are not necessarily supporting us, but you are supporting future couples who, if you get anything from this podcast, you are helping other people to hear it and help us keep putting it out so other people hear it. So after that plug, let's hop into this episode. Planning a wedding is hard work. Am I right? But you are not alone. Welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DP Knack Events. I'm Dan Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros with a fork ton of experience sharing our best tips and tricks. And downright sensible advice for a wedding that feels good to you. Plain and simple, we got your back. Hey, Dan, are you ready? Let's do this. Happy New Year! No, it's not Happy New Year. Hey, Danielle. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? <laughs> I feel like the last time that we were really recording, like things were starting to get rolling. I feel like now it's like a thousand percent just off to the races in the terms of things being back and couples who have postponed now having weddings and things are rolling. How about you? Yeah. Every week, I feel like I just keep saying, wow, I feel like we're just pushing our foot further and further down on the gas pedal. And I think three weeks ago, I was like, it surely cannot go down any further. And Mike said, I bet it can. And please don't call me Shirley. And he's certainly right. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like you and I are being a little silly because <laughs> we have guests today. We do? What? Oh, wait, right. We do. We so rarely have guests on here, but whenever we do, you have to know that it's somebody who we're very excited to have. So today's special guest is Carrie Ann Cloda with Kith and Kin Weddings. Yes. So y'all, when Carrie Ann initially reached out, she said her mission was to reduce the stress people have when planning their wedding so they can actually enjoy being engaged challenge the norms about what has to be part of the wedding day and the insane expectations put on couples. And Dan and I were like, yes. So I sent the email to Dan. I was like, Dan, tell me yes. So I can get back to this person and we can have her come on the show. So Carrie Ann officially welcome, welcome, welcome to the Puttering on a podcast. Thank you so much. That was such a great introduction. I had to mute myself because I was giggling. 
<laughs> so we chatted a bit before we started and you now know I'm a ringer. I listen to this podcast. I think it's so valuable and I'm just so excited to see if there's anything I can add for your audience. So with that said, you're a ringer, which is wonderful, but you have a much bigger side of you and I want to know more. I know Dan wants to know more. So give us a little introduction as to who you are. I'm a wedding planner. That's what I've been doing for years. But I came up in this industry as an assistant to a wedding planner, which I think is a great way to learn the ropes. Even before that, I was in catering. I was managing from the catering side. So I had all this knowledge coming up through it. But I was lucky enough to have one of the wedding planners that I worked for really mentor me. And when I started getting my own clients at one point, she said, Carrie Ann, you don't need to spend all this time doing emotional labor with your clients and holding space for them. That's not your job. You're not their therapist. You're not their life coach. You know, you need to be able to set that boundary with them. And I really felt like disappointed because that's my favorite part of my job. Same. Yeah. Oh, especially as a photographer, you have such an intimate relationship with people. And my favorite thing, like being on site, especially as an event assistant was when someone would get really stressed out and I would have to fix it for them either by breaking the tension with a joke or, you know, I have hilarious stories about like massaging the bride's feet with lavender oil or uh, (laughs) going the extra mile. Yeah. Just whatever it takes, right? We do whatever it takes. That's what's so fun about this industry is like putting out fires, whatever that fire is that day. So that's what I do. I'm a wedding coach. It's a little bit different. I'm still a wedding planner. I still do all of the planning for my clients, but there's a lot of room to talk about all of the big feelings that are going on about setting boundaries with their family and friends, the people who have a lot to say about your wedding that's yours and your partner's. So what I hear in that is that you get to kind of be this buffer between your couples and the craziness of the wedding day. And weddings can be so massively stressful, understatement of the century. But why do you think that is that weddings can be so heavy and can be so much that your services are so required and so needed? I think there's just a ton of expectation put on you as the couple from both sets of parents or, you know, I have many sets of parents. If your parents are divorced, then you have even more people with an opinion. And then there's the fact that there's a certain age, maybe a marrying age where a lot of your friends are getting married. So there's this comparison trap that you get caught in. And then there's the Pinterest vortex that just entraps you. It's like, There's a store in Canada called Winners. I think the equivalent would be like TJ Maxx for you guys, where you go into this store and then like you come out and it's nighttime. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what Pinterest is to me. It's like a time warp. Like I go on Pinterest, I'm there for hours. But the problem is that I'm often looking at styled shoots. So they're not necessarily things I can afford for my wedding. There's no price tags on Pinterest. So there's just all of this stuff out there that tells you what's supposed to happen. And it really takes you away from what this day is about which is about you and your partner. And my kind of tagline is helping you create a meaningful and memorable experience for you, because that's really what it comes down to when you think about it. I mean, photography is a big one that people care about. Food is a big one that people care about. Guest experience is a big one. But that specific pompous grass that you saw on Pinterest probably isn't what it's about. And your parents insisting that their guests cannot eat at a buffet is not what it's about. It's interesting, right? Weddings bring out so much good. It's such a wonderful chapter. 
but boy, can it bring out some very interesting sides of people's personality at the same time. Things that you did not ever expect to be on somebody's wish list or want list or must have list suddenly comes out of the woodwork and you're like, whoo, you get whiplash just trying to keep up with all the opinions and the information being thrown at you, unwarranted information at that too. It's wild, which is why Dan and I do this podcast is because we believe in coming alongside people and making sure that they feel like they have the knowledge to make decisions that they feel good about as they kind of go through the planning process. Yeah. The first thing you said was there's so much expectation and there's all this tradition and opinion that you have to follow. And there's outside force that's asking you to do stuff. And you talked about Pinterest. God, like Pinterest is so amazing, but it's so rough for setting expectations. Right. And we talk about this so much, Danielle, on this podcast that like, okay, well, that's just one table setting. Try to scale up that one table setting times 20. And that's just going to take hours and hours. And it's just not realistic to do that. Or the light's not the same, or the location isn't the same. So Carrie Ann, how is it that when you're working with your couples that you help them manage those expectations and not set themselves up for failure? One of the things I've heard you talk about is like a wedding day mantra or wedding mantra. You talk about that? Yes, exactly. This is the first thing I do with all my clients is sit down and talk about what are your values as a couple? What is really meaningful to you? And what matters most to you about your day? And what are the boundaries we're going to set with the people in your life? And then how can we form that into a single phrase or maybe a couple of phrases that's going to guide you as you make decisions. It's just something that you repeat over and over. I think if you look back at some of your weddings that you've planned or your couples or even your own wedding, you'll realize that you had one. And way before I became a wedding planner, mine was only people who love us in the room. It was how I set the tone for what mattered most to me and my husband and what I wasn't going to allow from my investors because we didn't pay for our own wedding. And in an ideal world, Everyone would pay for their own wedding and they could just say, well, that's a very nice opinion that you have over there, but it's my wedding and I'm going to do what I want. But that's not really the case for everybody. And even when it is, your parents care a lot about your wedding day. And that's a whole other rabbit hole that we could go down why and why it matters to them. So having something in place that tells everybody around you, this is what matters and this is where we draw the line. And that's a simple phrase, only people who love us in the room. But that's what mattered the most at my whole wedding. It was having people travel from really far. My husband's from France. So having people come from far and having those people that love him there so that he felt at home and not having my dad's business associates that I didn't really like and not having a huge wedding where I would spend a lot of time going table to table and saying hello and shaking hands. And then now, 10 years later, feeling like I'm so glad that those are the people that were there because I still feel like they're rooting for us because marriage is not easy. And there's something that happens after the wedding. And I think that having a mantra, starting out by talking about what really matters to us, what are our values, going into the journey of the planning, take some of the heat off of the planning. It brings you back down to earth when things start getting out of control with like prices of flowers, which now after COVID have skyrocketed. So brings you back down to earth. And then after the wedding day, still, you'll remember what really mattered to you about that day so that you make beautiful memories on the day. That's the point. And then you're married. There's that too. So I don't want my couples to be at each other's throats while they're planning it. They should be able to actually enjoy being engaged. I love that. So like a total side tangent, but I'm proud of myself. So I feel like I want to share it earlier this year. 
for a friend's birthday, we ended up going to this, it was basically a bathhouse type place where there's these hot pools and cold pools and saunas and all this stuff. And it was like very COVID safe and always good. But I am not a person that can get into cold water. Like if anybody knows me, they know that it takes me like four hours to get into like a 70 degree pool. (laughs) It chills me to my core. I hate it. And at this bathhouse, there was a pool that was 94 degrees. And then there was a pool that was 52 degrees. I was in my head about it. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. And then I saw this guy go in there and he like went in there for like a few seconds and he like got back out and he was like, go in us. It was cold. It's really, really cold. And I told myself, I want to do it. I want to go in there and I want to stay in there longer than that dude did. Cause he was this big guy. You know what I mean? And I was like, I could do this. So I literally, I went in there and I did it a few times and I kind of built up to it, but eventually I went in and I stood in there for two minutes, which is just so pathetic, but it was really hard and really hard for me. And the entire time, all I kept saying is I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And I just kept saying it over and over and over again to the point where since that trip, I have now said that mantra to myself over and over and over again about things that have felt not even actually hard, but things that I was having a hard time mentally getting my head around. And it has shifted so many of my choices and decisions and actions. And it's just interesting how having that one simple one sentence mantra can help you kind of navigate the stuff that feels like a much bigger thing than maybe what it actually is. I want to go back to something that you said about having only specific people in the room, only people who love us in the room. And so you talked about your dad's business associates not being there. One of the things I was thinking of is how awesome it is to be like, no, like that's the line we're drawing because one tablespoon of motor oil can ruin an entire ship's water supply. But I'm wondering, how'd you say no? I don't know. I'm just curious about that. Like, how did you say, please don't bring any of your business associates? (laughs) They're not welcome. (laughs) So it was really one person I didn't want there. It started with the size of the venue. We only had room for so many. So it would have been silly for me to just battle about one person. So yes, it made sense for him not to have many business associates there because that was cutting into how many friends I could have there. But the first thing I would say, because this applies to all couples, is if you're going to have a deal breaker or set a strong boundary like that, you have to know that you're also going to have to give a little. I don't know if this is an expression anywhere but England, but I had a British boss who once told me, like, give them the pickle. Give them the pickle. Don't know that one. I was bartending and a client came back up to the bar and said, my beer isn't full. And I said, that's because the head like kind of melted down and that's how much beer is on the glass. And they said, I want you to fill it to the top. And I was arguing with them and my boss came over and he went, Carrie Ann, just give them the pickle. Like it's not coming out of your pocket. So I think when it comes to your wedding, like you need to figure out what is really important to you and what isn't and what is the line, the hill you're going to die on, because you're going to have to give up some other stuff. And if I look at the plan that I came to my dad with for my wedding and then what ended up happening, it was really, really different. But I was really, really happy because the things that mattered most to me, I got my way on. I was put my foot down about those things. I'm a double tourist, sun and moon. And so is my dad. And so we definitely like butt heads on issues and both put our foot down about things, but we love each other and we wanted it to work. It's really funny. I'm talking about this as if he's my partner in this. My husband was like, I don't want to have this wedding. Like we were already married, actually. (laughs) We got married in Paris in a civil ceremony, very 
small with a tiny party at his parents' house after and none of my friends or family there. And then we had a big Montreal wedding. And so he was like, we're already married. I don't want to do this. This is your thing, (laughs) which is another reason why I really needed a mantra and some boundaries and to talk about what was important to him and I, because someone always does the lion's share of the planning, but you don't want your partner to show up on your wedding day. Like they're a guest at an event that you're hosting. It's about them too. It's about both of you. And so this really, again, like brings you back to who is this event even for? That's another mantra on its own that one of my couples came up with. They were paying for their own wedding and everybody was telling them what to do. And they said, who is this wedding even for? And I said, that's your wedding mantra. Just keep coming back to that. Every time somebody tells you to do something, say, who is this even for? And what do we want? And they ultimately decided to postpone, which was smart because it was at the beginning of COVID and they wouldn't have been able to have their wedding anyway. And they actually had a baby a couple of weeks after I did. You know, they just did something else instead. <laughs> and maybe they'll have a wedding another day. <laughs> so yeah, to answer your question, I think you have to know that you're going to have to give up something in order to get your way. And you have to think about what really matters to you and stand your ground on it. And setting boundaries, like that's what a wedding mantra is. It's a combination of your values and your boundaries spoken in a simple phrase to yourself and to somebody else. And setting strong boundaries does not happen overnight where you can set something like very firm. It happens incrementally bit by bit with you starting with small things. I think the first really good boundary I ever set was putting my phone on do not disturb. And just getting people in my life used to the fact that I wasn't going to answer them right away. And me used to the fact that I was entitled to not doing that, that I was allowed that was a big step. And then incrementally you get a little bit better at telling people no. I love that. I think it's interesting as we get older, seeing the things that we don't feel are possible. And then as we start to kind of dip our toe in doing them and seeing that the opportunity for it being possible gets a little bit bigger and bigger with each time. And then we just get this confidence that, okay, this is something I can do. This is something that I can move forward with. And I think when you're planning a wedding, because it's such new territory that you're being thrown into at such a high rate, it's a lot. And I think for many couples, that's why wedding planning can be as stressful as it is, is because you kind of have your footing, like depending on where you're at in your life, like you probably have some things figured out. You have this wonderful relationship to the point, at least that you're getting married and committed to one another. But then all of a sudden you're tasked with this brand new project, a massive expensive project. And everyone's kind of looking at you like, well, don't screw it up. (laughs) It's a lot. I want to ask, how do you kind of go about coaching or how does a couple find what their mantra should be? Like, do you have any tips for that? I would say sit down and talk about what your values are. So for some couples, sustainability will be huge for them. That's really important to a lot of my clients. I ask them a couple of key questions, like what matters most to you about your wedding day? And because I know only one person is really sitting down and filling out this questionnaire. I always say, I only have one question for your partner. I want them to answer it themselves. It doesn't have to be long, but they need to say what matters most to them about the day. And sometimes it's just that my partner's happy. And sometimes it's really surprising. Like I've read questionnaires where people say the ceremony and I'm like, that's one person has ever said the ceremony to me, (laughs) you know, the vows. This is a couple where they really wanted a strategy to have great vows and not be embarrassed in that moment. They wanted to write their own vows and that was really important to them. And that really surprised me. I don't often get asked that question, but that helps me know what resources I'm going to need to find for them as well. So yeah, sit down. What matters most to you? What matters most to your partner? 
And then think about, this is kind of a tricky part. Who's harshing your mellow right now? Who in your family are you worried about? We need to know. Because like you said earlier, Dan, was it about the motor oil? Yeah. (laughs) One tablespoon of motor oil will ruin an entire ship's water supply. So if that's going to ruin your wedding day, we need to mitigate that. And that needs to get in the mantra. So I'll give you an example. And Danielle, maybe this has happened to you before. Have you ever had a client's parent call a supplier behind your back? What? Yep. Nodding. (laughs) That sucks. That's really not cool. But I bet that the client knew that that could happen. So that's something that we need to know going in so that we can mitigate that problem. So really sit down and think about all of the good things and then all of the potential obstacles. Think about what those are going to be really honestly, no rose colored glasses right here so that you can come up with the wedding mantra. And so it really seems simple to me because I do it so much, but it's really just a combination of what are your values as a couple? What are the boundaries that are really important to set? And for me, boundaries always comes down to what am I worried about? Who's coming in my space? Like I just had a baby and when I was planning for my postpartum, I was just so worried, especially with COVID and everything. And I'm paranoid. It's my first baby. Nothing can touch her. So I was really worried about how my family was going to be showing up at my house if they were going to respect my rules. I was about to have all these new rules, but it's new human that I care about. And I had to really think about how do I want them to behave when they come into my house? And I wrote them a really strict email (laughs) (laughs) detailing what was expected of them. And my dad called me and he said, your email is very funny. And I was like, I knew this was going to happen. It's not a joke, dad. I'm serious. You're coming over. You are staying for 45 minutes. You better bring food. Ask before you come. If you're not on time, I might tell you to leave. And please try to be helpful while you're here. Ask what you can do. Maybe do my dishes or walk my dog. Otherwise, I don't really want you visiting in those early days because I know I'm going to be overwhelmed. And I didn't know the half of it, but I'm really glad I sent that email. Yeah. I call it the dark ages. The first three months of having a baby is just absolute madness. And we had some people come by that it ended up being... So for my oldest and for the twins, it ended up being more like us having to entertain them than us feeling relieved and less stressed because there's somebody here lending a helping hand. Now we're totally off the topic of weddings, but that totally relates to weddings as well. It all goes back to everything you're saying about like everybody in that room has to love us. That is so massively important that such a simple mantra can affect so many parts of your day, having somebody there who just doesn't jive well with everything that's going on and it's not helping. They end up sucking more of the energy out of you. And what I want to say about it is that, you know, having kids is really different from getting married, but a lot of people who are getting married will probably have kids later. It's in their plan. And if not now, when, when are you going to set these boundaries with your family? When are you going to decide that your partner comes first and that you're going to defend them when your mom is being unkind, if that's unfortunately your situation? If not now, when are you going to prepare for marriage? So after the wedding, there is a marriage happening. And I think that the mantra and discovering what matters most to you as a couple, what your values are and what boundaries are really important for you to set. It's not just about the day. It's not just about the decor or the venue or the food. It's about what matters to you and what you stand for and the life that you're building together. Yes. It's interesting as a planner, I think we get to see 
the more intimate sides of people, particularly as they go through a really stressful situation and how they handle that situation, especially when a parent or a close loved one is involved very directly in the planning process. And it's so often that we're sitting at a meeting and I can see one person of the couple who's there with their mom, just starting to like send zingers like, mom, we don't need to talk about that mom. Like, mom, we just said that mom, this mom, mom, like mom, we just went over that. Why do you need to ask that again? Do we really need to talk about that now? And it like, we all kind of go back to, (laughs) I call it like our teenagers when we were just had very little patience and all these things. And it's interesting because we get to see it. And then we don't know them on that close of a level, but you end up being the other person in the room to be like, it's okay. It's going to be all right. Take a breath. Everybody's doing good throughout this whole process. Coaching is very much what you do, but there's times where all of us as vendors really have to turn into this, like, you can do it. Like, remember the reason of why we're here. Don't lose yourself in this process because exactly what you said, when this massive, wonderful event that you're hosting comes and goes, what you're left with is the marriage and your relationships with all those people and all these new relationships that you form through this marriage. And it's a wild ride sometimes seeing people enter into these relationships where you know that they're going to have to make some adjustments on both parts in order to continue forward in a way that is not as tumultuous as it is right now. And sometimes it breaks your heart and sometimes it's really heartwarming to see them kind of go on that evolution together. I don't know where I'm going with any of this other than to say, it's just, if you're experiencing this as a couple, just know that you're not alone in trying to navigate this. It's new family, new people, new friend groups, whatever it might be. And as you go through it, weddings really have a way of just kind of bringing it all to the surface in this really interesting way. But I want to go back to what you said before, because I am a self-proclaimed warrior. I am a professional warrior. I can find anything that's probably going to go wrong in a 10 mile radius and try and work out a plan for it as much as I can in my head. And when you're talking about like saying, okay, what do we want our wedding mantra to be? And to think about the things that worry you, is there a way or any tips you have to like weed out all the things that are worrying you? Because you don't want it to then become, I imagine, such a heavy thing that it's like, oh, that's a lot to worry about, right? Well, I have clients like you. I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) That's good because you can empathize. And I also, I'm maybe not a worry word, but I'm a problem solver. I like to think about all the potential problems so that I'm ready for them. I would say to someone who is going down the rabbit hole of all the things that could go wrong, two things. One, generalize. We're not going to worry about whether the florist is not going to bring enough boutonnieres. That is bananas specific. And that's also kind of fixable, not that big a deal. Get more general and less granular about what you're worried about. If you're worried about really specific things going wrong on your wedding day, then there's a really simple fix for that. Get a wedding planner, put it in somebody else's hands. So to someone like you who was like, oh, I'm worried if there's not going to be enough boutonnieres, I would say that's not a you problem. That's a me problem. Do you trust me to handle it? Because that's why you hired me. People hire us because they trust us to handle those problems. And so that's why you have amazing suppliers. That's why you interview your suppliers. I was listening to another wedding podcast where they were talking about there not being enough food at the wedding. 
And I said, oh yeah, I've done events where they run out of food. It's happened. There was this really big event in Montreal a couple of years ago. And this like really chic new catering company, I won't name them, but it was a fancy restaurant that then became a catering company, bit off more than they can chew, got this 500 person gig and ran out of food. 400 tables. And they went and ordered from, I guess, the American equivalent from St. Hubert. If anyone from Montreal or Canada is listening, they ordered from St. Hubert for the last 100 people. I guess the equivalent for you guys would be Popeyes. Like they literally just ordered from a chicken place. Anyway, people will get fed. Don't worry about it, I guess, is the answer to that. But interview your vendors and trust your wedding planner. If you're really worried about those really particular things, then you need to hire experts. That's what it comes down to. I remember one wedding I did very, very early on in my career. This is probably year like two or three where the florist delivered the bouquets to the hotel, but instead of delivering them to the actual girls getting ready in the room, they only delivered them to the front desk and the girls left the hotel to drive 45 minutes to the church and never thought, wait, where are our bouquets? Why don't we have our bouquets? They were just so excited. They got in the thing and left. And when they got to the church, I was already at the church and I was like, great, we're going to start. It's going to be great. And I was like, where's everybody's bouquets? And they're like, what bouquets? <laughs> and it was like, oh no. And like I said, the hotel was 45 minutes away. There was no way I was going to get back there in time. Floris wasn't going to be able to whip anything up any sooner. So I went to the basement of the church, found all of their random supplies of flowers and all these different things, made one big, beautiful bouquet for the bride to carry, wrapped it up with some ribbon I had, put a whole bunch of stuff together, did something little for all the bridesmaids. They walked down the aisle. Later at the reception, we got their real bouquets back and nobody was really the wiser, but it was something where they handled it very well. I think inside I was legit having a heart attack because it was just so new for me. But once it happened, I was like, oh yeah, almost anything can be solved. You know, like as long as everybody's healthy, safe, those are the important parts. All the extra things is just the stuff, but things just happen. And that's where, yeah, having somebody on your team that you trust who is ready to handle and problem solve, especially somebody who's a good person who focuses on the answers, the solutions. If you have somebody in your corner that's just really focused on making a bigger deal out of the problem, you need a person to balance that out. That's one of the best things about being a planner is you get to fix all that cool stuff. That's where I get really excited now is when we get to fix all the things. Dan, have you ever been in a situation like that where it's just been like, whoa? Yeah, all the time. I mean, I was just thinking about just how much expectation there is on couples to just have like this perfect thing. And I know so many couples who are so worried about the granular things and it's hard to refocus people back on what matters most, especially when it's after and they have the realization after the wedding of what was important. And they spent so long before the wedding and on the wedding day worrying about this granular stuff that they missed the whole big picture. And I just feel like we can just go down this rabbit hole of story after story. Like I once had a mom tell me if I would have known how good the pictures were going to come out, I could have relaxed a little bit. Like I spoke to her before the wedding. I try to speak to parents before the weddings to understand what's valuable to them and what they're looking forward to the wedding, if it's important to the couple. But also it's just like, you shouldn't have to worry about all this other stuff. Like that's why you've hired me. And that's why the couple hired me. So yeah, it's just hard because we know what we know. And that's why we have this podcast to try to share what we know. But at some point, like there's an explanatory ultimate of you're at the point where it's either take the advice and you think about it and you start approaching things from this new way. Like I love the wedding mantra and you start applying everything to that wedding mantra and holding that up as like your North star or you don't. Carrie, and what have been some of your favorite mantras that your couples have come up with? 
They're so long, (laughs) but I'll give you the gist of some of them. Almost everyone cares about the people that are going to be there. That's a big theme. That's a running theme. Another one that came up recently, I'm working with a couple to find their dream venue and it's a challenging process right now. And they've adjusted their mantra to reflect what's super important about the venue to them, which is that they have moments of stillness on their wedding day and that they feel like they're in a beautiful space. I think I told you my favorite ones were mine and my couple that came up with uh, who is this wedding even for? I think that's my all-time favorite because that's what it always comes down to. I have one couple where they're getting married and one of them has a kid from a previous relationship, but they've all become really a close family. And so their mantra isn't about them. It's about the three of them, which I think is really beautiful. And it's a really good reminder when I'm helping them plan the ceremony or when I'm thinking about first dance and building the timeline that their daughter is a huge part of this day. It's not just about the couple now, it's about the family. So that's really special. As we're wrapping up this episode, what are some final tidbits? Like as you're wrapping up this last little bit towards the wedding with your couples, what are some of those last little final tidbits of advice that help people pull together that you can share with our ringers? Well, I bet you know this already and you probably said it before, but don't forget to look each other in the eye on your wedding day. And my number one piece of advice for couples is not to hire me. If I'm your person, like, you know, you know, but hire somebody to run the day for you so that you can relax and enjoy the day. Because if you are running your own wedding day, you are going to miss it. And as an event planner, I know this from experience because I have planned my own events for myself or for my family before. And that means that I'm running the show instead of being in the moment. And I spent all of this time and all of this energy and all of this money. And I feel like I'm going to cry even now thinking about it because at the end of the day, I just felt empty. And that is how you will feel after your wedding if you don't get to be in the moment with your partner and with your people and just experience it. So look each other in the eye. I always recommend a sweetheart table. I'm really not for the long honor table. Sit together because that's the only time you're going to be alone. Even at your meal, people will come over and talk to you, but hopefully they'll have their food in front of them. You know, caterers always serve the couple first. So sit together, just the two of you. You'll get your food first and you'll have time to eat while everybody else is excited about getting their food. You'll have a moment alone together, schedule that time in. I also have post-ceremony. I usually have like a few minutes for the couple alone. That's a Jewish tradition that we always do because I'm Jewish and I do a lot of Jewish weddings, but I do it for all couples. You don't have to be Jewish to have your seven minutes in heaven. You deserve it. You just got married. Take a few minutes to soak it up. Take your shoes off at least. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's another break in your shoes. I mean, I have like a billion little tidbits, but I think the most important thing is just Don't try to do it all yourself. Get experts to help you. Don't cobble it together. I'm a firm believer that you can have a wedding on any budget, but I still think, you know, unless you're a DIY expert, it's not worth it to do everything yourself. Just remember who this day is for, what it's about, what matters most to you and pass off the work to somebody that you trust and then let go. Well said. I don't know if I have any more to add to any of that. I feel like that is just fantastic advice. Dan, how about you? 
I specifically love the reception or the sweetheart table. That's one of the same things I talk about to my couples that like literally it's the first time throughout the entire day that you will be able to sit there together. And it might as well be the two of you in a restaurant eating at a table, but this day happens to be your wedding day. And if you can just grab each other's hand and take a little moment to enjoy the view and realize that everybody's there for you. I like that this episode is all about the feels today. I love that. (laughs) Okay. So I had a thought. I don't know if they have this where you're at, Carrie Ann, but Dan, did you ever go to one of those restaurants where they have those igloo things? And because of COVID, they kind of came out more around here, but it's like a table and it's this clear igloo that kind of goes around you. And the idea is so you could do outdoor seating in the wintertime, but it's heated. We need to make those for sweetheart tables so that a couple can be inside protected, still surveying their land and looking at all their people, but people can't get in there to talk to them so they can just get some minutes of peace while they eat. I'm working on a force field where they just have to push a button underneath the table and it goes. All right. If there's any venues listening, that's what you need to install. It can't be that hard. There's got to be an app for that. Oh my goodness. Carrie Ann, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. It's really a pleasure chatting with you. And I'm so happy that we got to do this. Thank you so much for having me on. It was an honor. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Put A Ring On A Podcast. Before we wrap up this episode, we just want to send some love and gratitude and hugs to all of our patrons in the Ringer Club. We would not be here without you. Thank you so much. You are the best. Absolutely. And let's be real. Things are way easier when you have a solid support system who is going through it right alongside you. So please join the Ringer Club community today at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Just click the link in our show notes. The Ringer Club is the best way to support the show and receive direct access to Danielle and I. Plus, you have an entire community of Ringers helping too on Facebook. Membership is just eight bucks a month, and we have a limited number of spots available at a lower monthly rate where you get all the same benefits. Again, that's patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Another way you can support the show is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some of our behind-the-scenes shenanigans. Follow us at Put A Ring On It Podcast. Okay, Ringers, remember, we're here to help you. But no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding's going to be amazing. Because you rock. Until next time, Ringers. All right, do you have your dad joke? I do. All right, you ready for a knee slapper? One that you're just going to mostly groan, but not actually laugh? (laughs) Uh, Yes, what a setup. Yeah, right. (laughs) Rachel really loves math. And I'm like, come on, math. Grow up and solve your own problems. (laughs) Not bad, right? Not bad. (laughs) I'm glad it doesn't include a llama. (laughs) Yeah, I've got lots of llama ones. Lots of llama ones. Good old llama ones. How about your one from last time? That was a really good one. I know everybody's talking about it. What? I don't know. It's all the chatter on the clubhouses and Twitter and LinkedIn. Everybody is everybody's talking about my dad joke from last episode. So no pressure, Dan. Oh, speaking of, have you heard about that new chocolate record player? No. Sounds pretty sweet. (laughs) Nice.